Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, is this Joe? Yeah, Jay. How you doing, man? Good, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. That was like that was like uh, going into the CIA getting into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool system, though. It actually records both, in, both ends of our calls. I've used it for about 10 years now, and it, it makes my job uh, as a broadcaster and working in radio much much easier <laughs> yeah well that's good man that's good that's a cool thing i've actually done it before with different things but uh, that was that was pretty cool yeah so um pleasure to have you here today and i've got uh what we're going to do is the interview is not live so i uh, will be able to edit stuff in post-production and stuff and uh, the only thing that kathy didn't mention in the email is how much time we have um, i'm looking at probably maybe 20, 25 minutes at the most, depending on how um, how these questions and stuff, how quickly we go through them. But is that cool with you, or do you have anything that you got to do right away? Yeah, I, I can go there. No, no, I woke up for you, man. I did, I've been I've been out the bus about five minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I I'm drinking it. coffee yeah, and ready to talk. So 20, 25, that's good. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got my caffeine here in front of me, my second cup of the day. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do is um, I told you last week when, when you had called uh, that we had talked to Richard earlier this year um, about the – right about the time the 17th Avenue Revival album came out. And right. um, we focused uh, some of the conversation on, on his past, not only with the Oak Ridge Boys, but uh, his time with Elvis, which I thought was really cool. But what we're going to do with you is um, – we're going to we're going to get your take on the 17th Avenue revival record and you guys just want to dub a word for the bluegrass country roots recorded song of the year and then mm-hmm. you know kind of get into you know the history of the oaks and kind of your whole take on how that ride has been for you and kind of uh, you know talk about the tour you guys are on towards the end and then yeah, okay, kind of a well, legacy well, question okay that's good let's do it all right so that's what we're going to go through Okay. Let me get my recording started. All right. Joining me on Kingdom Builder today is a true legend in both country music and gospel music. Since 1973, he has been part of the Oak Ridge Boys. Very excited to have Joe Bonsell join us today. Joe, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Jay. Great to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're glad to have you. you are actually the second member of the Oaks that we have talked to this year. Uh, we spoke to Richard Sturban earlier this year, and I'm always curious about groups that have such incredible longevity. How does a group stay together for 45 years, such as you guys have? Well, you know what, man? Uh, I've tried to address that question many, many times, and uh, you know there are some there's some there's some answers out there that are that are all sound the same but they're true we love what we do we love each other we respect each other um 
you know, we're singing songs. Why would we stop? I mean, there's just so many answers to that question. But the cool thing is, and the real thing is, I think that the Oak Ridge Boys to a man appreciate the history that is the Oak Ridge Boys that began way back in 1945. I mean, this group has been around forever, and the four of us have been together a long time carrying this mantle, and we have had ups, we've had downs, we've had the most incredible success a music act could possibly enjoy and have, and now in our bit of an older age, we're still out there singing good and feeling good. I think God's been just so doggone good to us, man, that that it just... it's all up to him, man. We give him the honor and the praise. And I got to tell you that uh, if this thing were ever to stop, it would have to be God that says it's time to stop because there's no quit in anybody. Everybody's as vibrant and on fire for the Oak Ridge Boys today as we were at any period of time that I can possibly remember. My 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s. And holy cow, man, yes, the Oak Ridge Boys are in their 70s. So, I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible thing. I was talking to a guy in a restaurant just yesterday about it, and uh, we were talking about the, the history of, of – he didn't know, for instance, you mentioned Richard Sturban, that Richard and I sang together in a gospel group for six years before the Oak Ridge Boys. Before he joined the Stamps and then went with Elvis and then the Oak Ridge Boys, Richard and I sang together with the Keystone Quartet up in uh, Pennsylvania, eventually called the Keystones. And the Keystones were – being recorded and produced by Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys. I was promoting the Oak Ridge Boys up north. The Oaks would bring the Keystones down south to sing. So I was working with William Lee Golden on a close daily basis almost and those kind of endeavors. So eventually we all four end up singing together. That's a lot of water and a lot of songs under a lot of bridges, man. I mean, to me, you, you could line up, and I wrote this once, you could line up 10,000 guys and keep yanking four guys out of there and put them behind microphones, and you're never going to get an Oak Ridge voice. It's just too much history, man, too much, too much stuff, too much love, too much good music. That's incredible. Well, congrats in order to you guys for, uh, you know, not only lifetime devotion to music, but congratulations to you and the guys in the band for a Dove Award win for Bluegrass Country Roots recorded Song of the Year with the song Dinner on the Ground that you guys did with, Little Roy and Lizzie show. Pretty cool. Well, well, you know, this is really, really something because Little Roy, to me, he's a banjo hero. I'm a banjo player. I'm a half-baked banjo player. There's no professional banjo players in the world that are in any danger from banjoey, which is what I call myself when I play the banjo. Get it? Not banjovi, banjoey. See what I did there? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Little Roy is a hero, and he's been on our bus many times, and uh, we've gotten to know him and Lizzie very well. Well, they got in touch with us. Uh, they, they booked us on a festival with them uh, just last May uh, down in, um, I think it was down in Mississippi. Anyway, it was way down south. I forget where exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was Mississippi. And uh, they do this every year down there, and they invited us down there. And while they were talking about booking the Oak Ridge Boys, they said, you know, we're doing this new album. Is there any way the Oaks would sing on a cut with us? We thought, well, sure, man, that would be fun. And, and we did it. And it was a cool little song, The Dinner on the Ground. It really rocks along, and it, it kicks up a few times. And it's, it's a good bluegrass, gospel-y kind of song, and it was fun to do. And, I, and we never, I don't think, thought much about the Dove Award. And then when we saw that it was up for a Dove, we thought, well, how cool, and I'll tell you why. You realize that last year we won Best Country Gospel Song with, Randy, with, um, with Jimmy Fortune. And the year before that, we won the Dove Award for Best Country gospel song for the Oak Ridge Boys on Merle Haggard. 
And here, the third year in a row, we win a dub with Little Roy and Lizzie. And, you know, we just recorded a song with Gordon Moat. <laughs> it's a Southern gospel song like you wouldn't believe. It's really, really cool. And I'm thinking, man, maybe next year we'll win with Gordon Moat. Keep the string going. But, uh, hey, man, to get awarded any time for your efforts, um, no matter what that is, it's always an incredible honor. And the Gospel Music Association has always been good to the Oak Ridge Boys. We've got a lot of doves on our shelf. And a lot we've won ourselves, a lot with, uh, you know, working with others. And, you know, they inducted us into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame back in 2000. So uh, we have a great relationship with the GMA after all of these years, which is kind of incredible. And, um, and to be in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame, we're only one of a handful of artists that have done that. So it's, uh, again, it goes back to that thing of this is a, this is a great ride we've been on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you know, being as, decorative a band as you guys are, you know, with all these awards. I mean, you guys, you know, like you said, you have awards in the Dove Awards, you have Grammy Awards, CMA Awards, and you're members of both the Gospel Music and Country Music Hall of Fame. But I'm curious, what do you personally feel is your biggest accomplishment this whole time? Well, I think the opportunity to sing and, and, and to have good health and uh, to be out there and be a part of the Oak Ridge Boys is my greatest accomplishment. All the other stuff comes underneath of it. But on a personal note, I will say that when I was inducted in the Philadelphia Music Hall of Fame, that was a pretty incredible thing for me because growing up in Philadelphia with all that music and the early rock and roll and the early doo-wop and the early bandstand and then later on people like Hall & Oates and the stylistics and Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes and go back to the old Fabians and Frankie Avalons and the big radio personalities in Philly that I listened to as a kid. Uh, there was like Joe Niagara in the morning and Jerry Blavitt, the heater with the heater and all of this, all of this stuff. Um, I got to tell you, man, that uh, when, when I was inducted into the Philadelphia Music Hall of Fame with all of these kind of guys, including Dick Clark and everything, uh, that, that was an incredible moment for me, too. So, and I, I'll also tell you on another note that although, you know, we're talking Hall of Fames here, so I'm in the Philadelphia Music Hall of Fame, and so is Richard, because, you know, Richard's from Camden, New Jersey. He inducted the both of us in there. And uh, uh, William Lee Golden is a member of the Alabama Music Hall of Fame, and Dwayne is a member of, has been inducted into the con- Texas Country and Texas Gospel Music Hall of Fames. So, man, we, we've, got, <laughs> we've got Hall of Fame creds, man. Yeah, you guys have representation a little bit of everywhere in the country. <laughs> yeah, we do. We really do. Well, you know, you mentioned, uh, you, you know, I've done a lot of collaborations over the years with the Oak Ridge Boys. And, you know, with so many artists that you have worked with, um, is there anyone over the years in, you know, your career with the Oaks that, you know, past or present that you've always had the desire to work with or wish you would have had a chance to work with? Well, you know, those kind of things just kind of come along. And, and um, you know, like a lot of people probably don't know that the 1975 monster hit record that came out in 76, actually, by Paul Simon called Slip Sliding Away. That's the Oak Ridge Boys on there with Paul. And I thought working with Paul Simon was one of the most amazing things, especially when we were so young back then and impressionable and trying to learn so much. And Paul was a great teacher and a great studio man and a great producer and a great recording artist. And he's a legend. And so being around Paul Simon for a couple of days in New York City once was was incredible. And I got to tell you, man, also, uh, we did a lot of a lot of back work with Johnny Cash back in the day. And to me, Johnny Cash is one of the great heroes of all time. And to me, if it wasn't for Johnny Cash, we probably wouldn't even be here today. So 
we owe Johnny Cash a lot, and we've recorded with Cash, and there are a lot of songs out there that you can hear. Uh, you'll hear a, you'll hear the vocals in the background and realize, oh my gosh, that's the Oak Ridge Boys singing with John. So, and in this day and age, well, I don't know. You know, we 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 sang with Blake with Blake Shelton a couple of years ago on uh, doing at the country songs, and that was really fun because we love Blake. And then we ended up playing a bunch of festivals with Blake Shelton, where he would we would go out and do our show, and then later come out and sing doing at the country songs and Elvira with Blake. And uh, that was fun. So, you know, of the new kids out there singing today, I, I'd love to sing on a Chris Stapleton record. That, that would be it. That's probably my answer. It would be really cool to sing on a Chris Stapleton record. Um, the other night, we were at the Country Music Hall of Fame inductions when Ricky Skaggs and Dottie West and Johnny Gimble were inducted. We called it the medallion ceremony where everybody gets their medallion. And Chris Stapleton came out and uh, sang the old gospel song, The Darkest Hour. And, oh, my gosh, listening to Chris Stapleton sing makes me feel like I should be working at Jiffy Loop. The guy incredible. And so maybe one day we'll do one with Chris. That would be cool. That's really cool. Speaking of records, uh, you guys released your latest record called 17th Avenue Revival earlier this year. And, you know, uh, I've heard that that record was uh, one that you guys have been wanting to do for a while. Tell us about the, the new record. And what would you say your favorite tune from the sessions were for that particular album? Well, uh, you know, again, going back to Hall of Fames here, this is a Hall of Fame interview. So let me tell you, after our induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2015, we wanted to uh, do something really unique. We had done it. We've done just about everything recording wise. Okay, we've got like seven greatest hits compilations out there. We have bluegrass flavored, patriotic flavored, lots of gospel. Uh, We've got more Christmas music out than Andy Williams and Kenny Rogers put together. So, like, we just wanted to do something different. And we knew the guy that could take us down that road was Dave Cobb, the great young producer who we worked with 10 years ago, starting with singing on a song with Shooter Jennings that he produced. Then we got to become friends. And then we recorded uh, the Boys Are Back album with Seven Nation Army on it with Dave Cobb. That was 11 years ago before he became Nashville's top producer. Mentioned Chris Stapleton. He produces Chris Stapleton. And... We went to Dave and said, Dave, we just want to do something really cool. He said, let me think on it. Well, it took him about a year or so before we got in the studio because he's, he's like Nashville's top producer right now. And when we finally went down and met with Dave, his idea was to come up with what was eventually 17th Avenue Revival. It doesn't have to be gospel, but it's got to feel gospel. It's got to, it's got to have a lot of gospel to it. I want to go back and explore the roots of the Oak Ridge Boys, he said. Not just the southern white gospel where you came from, but some of the old-time black gospel. Let's go back and do that. Now, let's cut some country as well, and we did. And, and uh, some, of the, some top songwriters of today wrote some of the songs on this album. Plus, we went way, way back and got some old spirituals as well. And um, it all came out really cool. And, and the cool thing is that the album has done so well this year. Uh, I read a review the other day that said the Oak Ridge Boys 17th Avenue Revival sounds like a cross between old-time rockabilly and, uh, and pew shouting gospel. <laughs> and I think that, that he pretty well hit that nail right on the head. And, um, you know, we just uh, we wanted to go back and channel some of the early rock and roll guys, you know, like Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis. And, for instance, on the song I'd Rather Have Jesus, uh, we didn't channel George Beverly Shea on that song. We channeled Jerry Lee Lewis. And we went back and got some of these guys' old feelings of the things that turned them on in, in, in the early days. When you talked to Richard, he probably told you about that. Like, what turned on the early rock and roll guys? It was all old gospel. 
You know, Elvis used to go down to Memphis to black churches when he was a kid and listen to the singing. And the singing inspired him. And uh, the soulfulness of it inspired him. And uh, it was a big inspiration for him. And so we wanted to tap into that. And I think we successfully did so under Dave Cobb's leadership. And as far as my favorite song on the album, man, I don't know that I have one. I, 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 I just feel this whole album almost as one, if, if you know what I mean. It kind of came together that way. But if I have to be pushed, I'd have to say Brand New Star. Uh, I just love the fact that two young 27-year-old songwriters were able to write a song that takes a whole different look at dying. And um, it's been an inspiring song to so many people since we've done it that as far as like moving people, I'd have to say that was it. And then, and then I got to come up with There Will Be Light because Jamie Johnson and uh, Buddy Cannon wrote that song. And uh, Jamie Johnson uh, is one of our favorite guys in Nashville. We're good friends with Jamie. Jamie um, uh, wrote Mama's Table for us way back on the first Dave Cobb album. And he wrote There Will Be Light on this one. And I think it's a very inspiring message in the song that if you'll just hold on, hold on no matter what, there will be light. And, and to us, the light is Christ. And that's the light we're trying to shine on the Shine the Light Tour. Amen. And, you know, I, you know, going back and listening to that record, when I first heard 17th Avenue Revival, you know, I, I love the fact that you guys had gone back to the roots to, to put that album on. You know, another band that had done that recently with, with their last record, their final record was Third Day with Revival. And um, it, it's, it's amazing. It was really cool because you, you hear so much of today's music and influences of the last, like, 10, 20 years in today's music but you rarely get a glimpse today of music from, from times past. And I love what you guys did with this record. I love what Third Day did with Revival. And it was refreshing because, you know, being in music and stuff, I listen to music all the time. I hear different kinds of music. And I can tell you, Joe, that it was really a lot of fun to go back and listen, or not go back, but listen to a record that kind of takes you back to the roots of where all of the modern music we listen to today came from. So I, I appreciate that, and I really enjoyed 17th Avenue Revival because of that. Well, thank you, Jay. That's a, that's a great observation because that's exactly what the goal was in that album, was to, to, to be present. Songs like If I Die and Pray to Jesus, Play the Lotto, written by modern songwriters, but to go way, way back and explore the roots of music itself, which no doubt started in Africa, which no doubt became black gospel in the really early days of church singing. That's where the blues came from, man. That's where country music came from. That's where rock and roll came from. I don't think that's where bluegrass came from. That came from Bill Monroe. But, but I think you're absolutely right. And you mentioned the Third Day Project. You know, I was in close touch. We're good friends uh, with Third Day. And, um, you know, we're on that album. We're on Revival on Loves Me Like a Rock. You know that? Yeah, I, in fact, uh, when I interviewed Max Powell for that record, um, mm-hmm. I actually, I asked him at first, I'm like, okay, they, Third Day had done work a long time ago with the Blind Boys of Alabama. So I asked Mac, I said, who is that singing in the background of that song? Is that Blind Boys? He's like, no, that's actually the Oak Ridge Boys. I'm like, really? I said, that's really cool. I thought, I, I thought that was really cool. It's actually one of my favorite songs from that record. Well, you know, we did a song with the Blind Boys of Alabama a few years ago, too, on, on their album uh, that Jamie Johnson produced, uh, Take the High Road. That's us and the Blind Boys. Look that jewel up, man. That's cool if you haven't heard it. Jamie Johnson produced an album on them, I guess it's about four years ago, maybe. 
and uh, we're singing on that with the Blind Boys, which is which is really cool. But uh, yeah, the, the the third day, man, they wanted to go back and do the same thing. Let's get back into the studio, record in a circle, and uh, you know, just f- forget the sound and the and everything being separated right and everything. Let's get in a circle and play. And that's how they came up with Love Me Like a Rock. Their producer at the end of the whole session said, come on, guys, give me, give me something classic here. Let's have some fun. Do something. And they went into Loves Me Like a Rock, and they said, hey, man, this is fun. Let's record it. And then they said, maybe we'll get the Oak Ridge Boys to sing on it with us. And they all cheered. And, said, and, and, uh, and Max said, well, let's call them. Well, they called us. <laughs> we said, sure, man, let's do it. So that's how that came down. And um, uh, so they went back and did that very much the same way that Dave Cobb in the studio, here's, here's your, your best for, for uh, example, your best for instance. Uh, the first song we recorded on, the, on 17th Avenue Revival was Brand New Star, the aforementioned Brand New Star. We went out there and did it with full band, everything, and simplified band, of course. But it was, it was done, and we thought it came out pretty good. At the very end of the session, Dave Cobb says, I want to redo Brand New Star. And our thing was like, why? Th- thought we nailed it, you know? And he said, no, 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 I got an idea. And he went out there and took this RCA 77 microphone like it's on the record cover, put it in the middle of the studio and said, I want the four of you to gather around this microphone and give it to me. I'll play guitar over here in the corner. And that's all I want. Four of you around the microphone singing this song. And, and, and we did. And, you know, there's no room for fixing or anything like that. It's just the four Oak Ridge boys around one mic. And Dave Cobb's words were, you guys are the only act in the business that can gather around one microphone and make it happen. Let's do it. And that's how Brand New Star actually came out on the record. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I very much enjoyed that one. Kelly, Kelly Mee was actually the one who wrote the review for that record, and she just had a, uh, a glowing review for that, enjoyed it so much, and actually got to see you guys uh, up in New York earlier this year. was uh, so excited to finally get to see you guys uh, play live. Cool. Well, Joe, uh, when – you know, you're on the road quite a bit each year. When you are not in the studio or on a stage, what could we find you doing to enjoy downtime? Uh, or is there any kind of downtime when it comes to the Oaks? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, we, we've learned how to balance it out pretty well. We don't know. We, we sometimes come up short, but we've been at this so long, we learn how to balance it. And, I mean, I love to go on the road and sing, and there ain't nothing more that, than that I love than going home. And being with my wife, we've raised two wonderful daughters. I have two wonderful grandkids. I have a, a great-grandchild. And my wife and I have a 350-acre farm up on the Ken- Tennessee-Kentucky line. And we also live in Hendersonville. We have a, a, two residences there. And I love to go out to that farm in the quiet and worship and pray and work my tail off. So you can find, you can find Joe Bonzel on a big tractor cutting a big field. Uh, you could find me sitting on the porch up there playing banjo, loud as can be. You can find me sitting on that porch singing gospel songs, loud as can be. And my nearest neighbor is like three and a half miles away there. So, I mean, it's bad for having a heart attack, but just great if you want to be up somewhere by yourself out in the middle of nature and in the quiet and in the serene and, and in God's world. And I just love that, man. That's my favorite, absolute favorite thing to do is go to my farm. Oh, that's incredible. I live in Central Florida. It's nothing but flat swampland here in Central Florida. And I tell you what, when we went to Tennessee last year to um, we went to Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg, just a, it's like a whole new world. And my wife and I were like, if it, you know, if it wasn't so cold up here in the wintertime, I think uh, we might 
move up here. But uh, she kind of talks some sense into me, and I'm like, okay, well, we'll we'll come back to that conversation later in life and see how we feel about it. Well, it gets a little colder probably there in those Smoky Mountains than it does in Middle Tennessee, but we have a good dose of winter, and it's a nice dose of all four seasons, and the rolling hills of Tennessee are beautiful. You know, I'm a Philly boy. I grew up in Philly. Uh, I used to say, and I probably still could go back to the big city if I had to, but I think it would take a burning bush experience to drag me out of, out of the rolling hills of Tennessee. I don't think that'll ever happen. I'll die in Tennessee. Well, that's awesome. Well, well I, may, I, may not, I may not die in Tennessee, but that's where I'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you were speaking about, you know, we were talking about being on the road and being home, and uh, the Oak Ridge Boys are actually on the road right now with the Shine the Light on Christmas tour. Tell us about this tour and what people can expect that come out to see you guys at one of these shows. Well, Shine the Light on Christmas tour will play 35 cities altogether across the Midwest and the Plains up into the Pacific Northwest and then work our way back. Uh, across the plains again to the Midwest again and then home. And we close the show on, uh, on December 23rd in Nashville at the Skirmahorn Performing Arts Center. So our last show of the year will be right at, right at home. And the Christmas tour will be our 29th annual Christmas tour. And like I said earlier, we have a lot of Christmas music out there. We put on a full production Christmas show. And the folks that come to the show can hear 40 minutes of hits, including Elvira and Thank God for Kids and a few others. And then we take an intermission, and then it's a, a complete 75-minute full-production Christmas show that pays tribute and shines the light on every aspect of Christmas, from Santa Claus to the birth of Christ. It's a fun show. It's a family show. It's a very, very successful show. Our Christmas tour is like the biggest thing we do all year long, every year. And um, it's like some people think you can't have Christmas without the Oak Ridge Boys, and I think we feel the same way. Well, that's really cool. Well, Joe, in closing... When you yourself have finished that race and are home with the Lord, what, what's the biggest legacy that you want folks to remember you and the Oak Ridge Boys for the most? When people will see the name Oak Ridge Boys or Joe Bonsall, what do you want them to remember the most? I would say integrity. I would say a group of guys that were honest and true, that worked hard, sang hard, and treated people right and was honest. You know, I think that's uh, – I think that's what I, I said. I, I said that in the speech at the Country Music Hall of Fame, back to Hall of Fame again. But I think that's one of the reasons we're in the Hall of Fame, not just for the music, but I think the reputation of the Oak Ridge Boys is an incredible thing. And it's it's uh, it's an honor to be a part of such a thing. And I think when I go to my grave and I sit with Jesus and, and, and my mother, uh, I, I think that I'll. Uh, I'll look back fondly on the days that uh, God let me roam the earth and sing songs my whole life. Very few people get to do such a thing. So it's a, it's a real blessing. Um, that's pretty cool. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. It has indeed been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Jay. I might remind people they can go to oakridgeboys.com uh, and check out our complete schedule. That Christmas tour is just starting. And so, uh, um, you know, we may be coming to your house. So check out our schedule at oakridgeboys.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Oak Ridge Boys, all one word, or follow me on Twitter, at Joe Bonzel, and uh, that, that would be taking your life in your hands, probably following me, but follow Oak Ridge Boys, <laughs> and, and uh, stay up to date with us, man. We try to take people on the trip with us just every single day in one way or another, and the quickest way to really follow what we're doing is at Oak Ridge Boys. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you can find us out there everywhere. We're, as we've gotten older, we've gotten really cool, man, so we're everywhere.
Awesome. And that's where we'll end our interview. And um, I will send Kathy and Jason, Jason an email. Uh, I'm looking to air this interview probably in the next uh, couple weeks. So, and um, the Oaks actually follow us, Today's Christian Entertainment, on Twitter. And I think, I think you may follow us. I know Dwayne Allen follows us and uh, Richard follows us on there. So when you see TCE, okay, I'll, Jesus, I'll look, that's, uh, let me look. Let me, it's uh, TCE. Uh, what, what, do you, yeah. what, what is the Twitter thing? What is the Twitter? I'll look it up. Hang up. Yeah, Twitter What's the is Twitter TCE. Name? It's uh, TCE, the number four, and then Jesus. That's our Twitter handle. Oh, okay, man. Well, I'll make sure we're all following you. I'll make yeah, sure I, I am, too. Thank- yeah, and I appreciate the chat today. Um, I was ex- definitely excited to talk to you. Was, uh, actually, I talked to my grandmother a couple of days ago, and most of the interviews that I do, she has mm-hmm. no idea who the people are or she doesn't <laughs> care. And I told her, my grandma, I'm, I'm talking to somebody here in a couple of days that you've actually heard of and that I know you like. And when I told her that I was talking to you, she's like, oh, my goodness. She's like, tell him his music and their music has been such a blessing for a long, long time. Oh, I pray sweet. the Lord just how works sweet. in their lives. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. how sweet. Well, please give her, give her my love. Tell her I appreciate that and thank her for the prayers. I will. Well, thanks again, and uh, we will talk soon, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Jay. Thanks a million, man. I appreciate the time, too. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Have a good day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.